hello everyone uh welcome to emotional duct tape the podcast about grief and and how we process it i'm Corey. i'm jamie and we're so excited you're here um jamie how are you doing this week um it's been an interesting week um my one of my very best tiktok friends uh tev came to visit me uh last weekend um and so i am just you know over the moon uh it was so much fun and then i got my second shot uh covid vaccine shot on saturday and i am not faring well um and i was not feeling well before that as we know and uh it's just the side effects uh are are still kind of affecting me and that was saturday and we are now on wednesday um so it's i'm just a little frustrated because I just want to just want to be me and like not not feel well um you know but um lots of exciting things going on had a really fantastic interview today and i am really feeling like this might this might be the one um i have my third interview already scheduled with them for next week so i love it it's really it's all there's like there's so many there's so many feels Corey. <laughs> what's going on there nothing too much um you know i i think i've come to this uh realization this week about my life and you know going through therapy and thinking about what makes me you know what what doesn't gel sometimes what butts heads with, heads with who i am and i think i'm realizing more now just the idea of like if if something's not gelling like it's it's up to me to change it or to actively try to change it. And I, I definitely try to make those changes in my life, but just hitting a little more home that like, okay, this is in your hands, Corey. So take Ooh. some risks, you know, be a little bolder, you know, make make the changes you need to. Don't wait for the changes to drop in your lap. So I, I'm kind of the person I like. I like consistency and I like familiarity. I'm not a risk taker by any means. Um, so that's, that's my big thing this week. I love it. I think that's yeah. really good. And, and, um, something that like you needed to come to on your own, but you know, you did it with the help of therapy and now you're like, Oh, okay, I can do this. Cause like, we all know you can do it mm -hmm. and now, you know, you can do it. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, you know, wanting to succeed, but also like wanting to make calculated successful moves. You know, it's, I want to know all the, uh, possibilities but i can't you know so no you can't you can't know and and you know what like just on that note um something that i've i i, I feel very strongly about um there i've never had a risk that i've taken that i regret it and okay. so i want you to know that like anything that i push myself to do that i was scared to do or like oh no what is like what's the outcome going to be if i if i take this risk i've never looked back and gone oh man i wish I hadn't done that. I was like, no, no, I took charge. I did it. And it's always fared well. Like literally everything is always fared well. So I'm going to put those vibes to you. <laughs> I appreciate that. So uh, today is another great guest. We have so many great guests, don't we, Jamie? We do. I love everybody. I never thought I, I could want or need more friends. Um, not in a bad way, just in a, like, how do I possibly manage adding more people into my life? Um, and, and, but my heart has so much room still. And I like, am just, I love everybody that comes through well, our 
proverbial it's, doors. It's, it's funny you say that because I actually was just on Facebook a little while ago. And I know I'm delaying the, the, the announcement of our guests, but this is important because I saw this little image today it was on a grief support group. And it said the loneliest walk you'll ever take is the one down the road of grief. And I thought about that and I can see the relevance and the truth in that. But I think with this podcast, just the community we've we've been able to uh, find and nurture and create, for lack of a better word, about grief support. I, I feel like grief has just been like the bonding source. And like, that's how you and I met. A lot of beautiful things come out of grief. So, but yeah, so today's guest is somebody who uh, is experienced some grief in life and uh, they they carry it with such is is panache the word? Can I say panache? Is that too old fashioned? I don't know. But, I like that um, word. Uh, just this really bright effervescent personality. So please welcome to the podcast, Savannah Smith. Hi everyone! Thank you for so, having me. It's so Hi, great Savannah. to have you here. We've we've been. I know we've been talking back and forth trying to get you in a point where we can have you on the podcast and the stars aligned and it's great. So um, some of you people might know Savannah on TikTok as Savannah, Montana Savannah or is it Savannah Montana? Yeah, either Savannah Montana or Montana Savannah. So, but what what's so cool about you is like you're just um and it really and i don't mean this to sound weird but i could just see you like as a small child like being this really energetic theatrical kid because <laughs> you're a really energetic theatrical adult that's so accurate <laughs> <laughs> that's the reason i got but, into theater yeah so you're currently going to school you're pursuing theater you have the aspirations just oh, to be yourself and in these that. big grandiose ways but you're also doing it with an illness yes yes i am uh, so, yeah, so um i don't know if i told you this uh uh jamie how you have some ms in your family right uh yes my mother's twin sister has ms um i am continuously personally being tested for ms um and uh yeah it's i, I the more that i talk about it i find the more that i come into it um you know as far as i i hear i'm hearing it more and more um, you know, people's families, um, a very close friend of mine, her mother has MS. Um, and, um, it's just, yeah, it's, it's a, it's, it seems to be a very prevalent disease, especially, um, in women. Um, I don't know of any men who have it in fact. Um, so maybe you could shed some light on that for us as well. How long ago did you find out you you had MS. Kind of let's start with that process about about that whole experience. Yeah, so it was a it was a wild ride. <laughs> I can start out with that. I uh, started experiencing symptoms in January of 2019 when I was 20 years old. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know uh, if y'all know, but usually MS is prevalent in people 40 and up. So kind of like a shock <laughs> to me. I, I think it's interesting for other people to see like, oh, you're so young, you can't be that sick. And it's like, ah, well, if only it would have asked for my ID. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, so, I hate that line. I hate that I line more than anything. <laughs> Speaking of grief, I mean, if something causes grief in somebody who's sick is being told, oh, you're too young or, oh, you don't look sick. 
And I go, what am I supposed to do about that? I don't know. <laughs> do you want me, do you want me to be in bed dying? Would you prefer yeah. that? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so it started out for me, I felt this tingling sensation in my hand. And uh, for a couple of weeks, it just uh, spread throughout the entire left side of my body. And it got so bad that like, I couldn't feel the entire left side of my body. And uh, I went mm-hmm. to urgent care when, when um, it spread to up my arm and like down my leg. And I, I was like, hey, <sighs> this is going on. And they were like, you're just dehydrated. I was like, oh, wow. I can't wait to pay hundreds of dollars for someone to tell me I'm dehydrated. So I was like, oh, shoot. All right. Um, and then it progressed to like, this side of like my brain and I couldn't think straight. And I was like, ah, oh, like I thought it was a pinched nerve. So I was like, okay, let me just go to the ER and have them fix me. Right. And uh, it was a long day in the ER cause they had a lot going on. And I ended up getting an MRI um, like at 11 PM and I was waiting for the results. And I remember so specifically the nurse came in and she sat down on the bed. And you know, when they take a seat, something's about to happen. And uh, she said, okay, we uh, found some, some lesions in your brain. And, and that's like one of the um, key factors of MS. And I didn't know what MS was. I've, I've heard of it, but I didn't know like all that it entailed. Um, and I was just shocked. And then she left and I start sobbing and then a bunch of nurses come back in and they're like, oh no, like, it's okay. I'm like, what? It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> so that's how I found out probably at two in the morning um, in January. Wow. And, yeah. you know, um, I, I hope you don't mind me asking some questions about that. Um, so, you know, do you have, is there a history of it in your family Um, at all? And, you know, had you had anything now looking back before this very distinct, you know, numbness and, 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 you know, a very big incident looking back, do you really, like, do you think, oh, wow, that probably was MS and I should have gotten checked sooner or, you know, like things that had happened to you when you were even younger? Yeah. um, So the only other incident in my family was my mom had an instance of optic neuritis where like her vision kind of went out and that's what they diagnosed it as. Um, Not a mess though. I do, I have heard that the uh, population for MS is really high in Montana for some reason. That's where I'm from. And the things that I've looked at about like what causes MS, there's no specific origin that the scientific community agrees on. But one of the things is uh, a vitamin D deficiency, which makes sense, like in the the northern climates where it's, you know, snowy, it's dark, you know. So I think that's, that's an interesting correlation. But other than um, that uh, bout of optic neuritis, nothing in my family, and I, I didn't notice anything before that instance. Yeah. So um, my, my next question, bear with me. <laughs> um, just because I, you know, I, I just, um, I'm wondering, so, um, you know, they were able to identify these lesions, um, pretty readily. Does that, um, also correlate with like a, a more progressive, like that it's more progressive or, you know, is the amount of lesions or are the amount of lesions, uh, correlated with like a more symptoms or, 
you know, levels of the, of the illness? Yeah. Um, so I actually got diagnosed a couple months later definitively. And what I was told was that they couldn't rule that it was specifically MS. They told me it was in, the lesions were indicative of MS, but it could be other things. So I, uh, they said that it was like a rule out disease, which means they have to test for everything before they rule that it's MS. And I finally got like diagnosed probably in March. So it took a couple months and it was, it was a lot, but yeah. Um, yeah. So, in, so in between the time you found out at the hospital, um, and then, you know, what kind of happened after that? And I feel like, you know, you were, you were delivered this news, <laughs> and, you know, what did you go through in, in that? Uh, yeah. I'm just curious because I mean, like, like what was the mental state going through the process of no, of, of going from like, okay, there's something that is out of nowhere. wrong with me. <laughs> out of nowhere to, to being able, and like, even probably even a little bit past the point of knowing, putting a name and a face to it, but like, what was that, that mental process for you? Like, how did you handle that? Yeah, it was, it was very rough. Um, Cause it started out with, Oh, I have a pinched nerve. I'm dehydrated. Like, why am I still, you know, I got grumpy about it. Um, and then after that initial news in the, the hospital, I was like, like it went from shock to like, what, what is this? Is that actually right? Like what is actually going on? And I left the hospital and they did not give me a follow-up plan, mm. which was wild. Because, I'm not surprised. Man, I'm, oh. I'm so not surprised. I'm sorry that happened to you, but I'm <laughs> so not surprised. I left the, the hospital with a potential diagnosis and no one to talk to. Meanwhile, I'm in St. Louis going to school. My entire family's in Montana. I, I don't have a car. I don't know what to do. And so like they, they did give me a phone number and they were like, call the neurologist's office in like this other wing of the hospital. So I called the neurologist's office. I was like, Hey, these are my symptoms. They think it's MS. Call me back. And I think it was about a week and a half of calling. And then like the final voicemail, I remember leaving, I was sobbing on the phone. I was like, please help me. I don't know what to do. I don't know what this is help. And then they called me back and they're like, hi. Like, I feel like people in the professional world are so tentative about emotions. Like they, they approached me like, Oh, we don't want to poke the bear. It's like, you know, it's okay for me to, to have those emotions. We can acknowledge this. Um, but Mm -hmm. I, I went in and, uh, did a bunch of tests over the course of like a couple months, because again, like so much blood was drawn from my body which wah, that makes that stresses me out, <laughs> but you know, they had to rule out everything. Um, sure. And then finally came to the diagnosis of MS. And then again, when I was officially diagnosed, I like cried other than like the, you know, the rollout paper. I remember like crinkling the rollout paper with my hands and the, the doctor was like, uh, uh, can you, can you call your family to come pick you up? I was like, it's a 24 hour drive, but I can try, you know? Um, but she, she was like, you need a dog. I I remember that too, but it took so long to actually get a diagnosis and then even longer to get, uh, DMTs, which is disease modifying therapies. Um, that was a whole insurance labyrinth, the whole calling people, bugging people. And a lot of this has been, you know, if anything, I've learned how to self-advocate, um, Mm-hmm. for the things that I need, because I feel like a, a lot of times, or at least in my experience, um, 
I, I can call as many times as it, and you know, they have other things going on. Uh, but just being persistent and tenacious about the things that I need without being disrespectful, of oh, course, but, right. but you know. Do, do you find like that being tenacious and kind of taking charge of that was something that came out of you? I mean, you seem like a very strong, per, strong personality, but I mean, did you have to kind of learn that yourself that, that ability to say, okay, like I need to push back a little more. Yeah, absolutely. I, I have always been very um, persistent and determined, but when it comes to talking to other people and asking for what I need, I'm like, oh, like, if it pleases you, could you please maybe perhaps like get me extra ketchup? Like, so <laughs> it's, from- it's, thanks. Thanks. Putting me on there. Y'all. Yeah, that's Corey. Like, oh, I don't know. Like, you know, like, uh, well, maybe like, do we have to ask them to change the date? Like, yes, sometimes plans change and it's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's exact, exactly like that. Like, I'm sorry for like taking up your space and your time. Like I know it's valuable to you, but can I, so it changed more from that to, hi, I'm Savannah and I need this thing. And you can call me back at your earliest convenience. I would appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. Instead of hi, um, please maybe call me back. Because, you know, my, my health is on the line. And if being tenacious is the only way to do that, then you got to do it. You come into it, I guess. High five. <laughs> high five on yeah. that. And so, like, while you're going through all of this on top of that, like, how are you feeling physically? Oh, my gosh. So my body didn't stop being numb. Like, they're like, oh, you're just going to have to wait for it to go away. I, I was like. Drink okay, more water. All, yeah, drink more water. Um, I've had a. You know, my most recent doctor visit, um, the doctor told me that walking in a park would significantly improve all of my symptoms. Um, I was like, oh, shoot, I wish I would have thought of that. Sometimes I forget this isn't isn't visual for our listeners, Um, (laughs) but, you know, if you guys can see the look on all of our faces, it's like, it's just, you know, face palm. Oh, man. Yeah. Face palm and um, eye rolls. Absolutely. Like, shoot, I, I guess that, that's what I've been missing. That's what everyone with MS has been. We just need to collectively come together to walk it on park, man. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's amazing. Yeah, just how like I mean, I think collectively we can agree the healthcare system in this country needs needs some fixing, but. Um, I think, yeah, just it's, and I, I feel bad because I, not that I, I'm, I'm not a woman, I'm a man, I'm a white man. So I, I get a lot of privileges in this world. Um, but I just from Jamie's stories about being invalidated in the medical community and. Oh, it's, it's, I got a really good one this week. <laughs> but it's, it's, yeah, it's sorry, crazy. Oh no, I was just gonna, you know, yeah. Like the, like a walk in a park is, is that's, I mean, that's just like a dumbfounding. And, and this guy, you know, I was telling him, um, like I'm having, I'm having heart problems and, um, you know, I was telling him every time I eat, like I take two bites and I can't get through it because I, I can't breathe and I'm gasping for air and I'm coughing. And he tells me eat, eat smaller portions. I'm like, sir, I just told you I take two bites. I can't, I can't eat because I can't breathe. So just, it's just, you know, I, I tell these stories continuously and I'm glad that you're, that you are mentioning these invalidations because the more we talk about them, the more awareness we bring to them and it helps, you know, people with chronic illnesses 
you know, not feel like they're crazy because they're not. <laughs> yeah. So thinking about you have this resistance, you have, you know, that the medical process is, is slow. So what kind of support do you have going on right now? I mean, um, you know, are, are you family, boyfriend, therapy? Like, like what, how are you, how are you keeping yourself sane through all this? That's an excellent question. Um, because throughout all of this, I've, I've been, you know, trying to complete my degree and that doesn't get put on, life doesn't get put on hold, even though it feels like yes. my health is. And so, yeah, having a support system is, is really excellent. Therapy, I will say that till the day that I perish. Therapy has been such a lovely thing for me. And, and I was fortunate enough to have a, an MS-specific therapist mm. who knew about Beautiful. MS. Uh, like, I didn't know that position existed, but I'm so thankful to the universe, the stars, that that, that does. And um, uh, yes, therapy, um, you know, my family and friends, it's interesting when you have what's known as like a quote unquote invisible illness, because I feel like a lot of people are confused. Like you don't look sick. You, yeah. uh, you're too young. Like as we, as we mentioned before, and you know, for me, MS is so finicky that on a given day I could wake up and not be, not be able to move in the way that I do. I, I have canes. My cane game is very strong. Um, and I just think, I think it's been a lot of learning for the people around me as well. So um, my support system consists of, yeah, my family and friends, but it, you know, it's been a learning journey for everyone around me as well, not just me. Well, and part of it too, I think is the fact that you were going to school so far away too. So, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm not that you didn't have friends, you know, in your, with you there, but still, I mean, there's a, uh, 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 when you're from away from your family, that's gotta be really hard. You're probably like, mom, I need you. Like, mom, come like, give me a hug. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was a lot of that as well. It's like, I don't know what to do with my life. And you know, my, my parents work full time. So they, mm -hmm. you know, they can't just drop everything and drive all the way across the country to, to help me out. So my, my friends at that time were super lovely, especially since I didn't, I didn't have a car. And I needed to make all of these appointments. I had one friend who was diagnosed with Crohn's who, who really empathized with what I was going through. And she made sure to take as much time off as she needed to take me where I needed to be. And that, like, that was like, you know, a godsend or a universe send, whatever good yes. thing that you believe in. And um, she, she changed my life. And her story is interesting because she had to get like a, I don't know, like a, a colonoscopy and a lot of things were happening to her. And she, she said to me that if her experiences hadn't been invalidated, she probably wouldn't have had to, to get like an ostomy bag and stuff. So. Wow. I mean, you know. Like what, like, and that's a good point that you bring up, right? The, the grief of the, you know, being invalidated by doctors, by your family, by your friends, by, you know, social media, um, mm -hmm. by everything. And, but like to that next level of, oh my God, like she could like, like that's how she's living because mm -hmm. somebody told her it's not that bad. You're okay. Right. And it was a, for her, it was a series of doctors that said, oh no, like you're, you know, eat better. Da, 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 da. No, like she got diagnosed with Crohn's and she, she had to get an ostomy bag, you know? 
Right. I, I think um, even beyond like just like the medical community, you know, just the mental health state. And I love that our generation is so good about mental health and we're so we're so adamant about pushing it. And because you think about how many times when like I'm 30, almost 34 and I thought about, you know, when people, you know, would say like, oh, you're just being dramatic as a teenager. It's like, no, you're probably going through a little bit of depression. You know, you got some really big health issues. And, <laughs> yeah, and, how about that? You know, it's, and like, there's this idea, you know, that like people think they know all these antiquated ideas of what they think they know. And it's like, nope, nope, this is real. This is real for the person. You can't invalidate someone's feelings just because you can't see their pain by any means. Exactly. Well said, Corey. <laughs> That's my nugget for the day. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> so, yeah, so I want to talk to you because the reason why I connect with you uh, through social media and why I found you is because you're just, you're just you and you're energetic. And um, so thinking about just the way you carry yourself, I, obviously that's been in you for a long time, but do you feel like, it's it's more response now to to your illness to the pain you feel and and those things you know yeah i i mean ms has changed my life in a lot of ways yeah. and one of the the ways that i found best to to cope maintain that positive spirit because it's not always going to be positive like mm -hmm. no matter how positive you are you know it's, it takes a toll and you know grief takes a toll but um one of the ways i found to um cope is through humor, which I do a lot on TikTok, but I, I find it a lot better to acknowledge what I'm feeling. And, you know, it's difficult for other people that I found in my experience to, to talk about, you know, oh shoot, like Savannah's walking into class with a cane. That's so, that's a little weird. We don't want to like stare or whatever. So like I'd, I'd text my, uh, like the group chat in my class and be like, hey, I'm walking in with a cane, feel free to make fun of me. Like, I know that's not, don't take that as like a, 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 the standard for everyone with a chronic illness, but that's, you know, what I love. And um, it's it's so much better to acknowledge it. And if we can acknowledge it, then we can move past it. And they're not like, oh, like. Well, so that's a good or... point too, because people sometimes get so terrified of how to treat somebody. I try to like poke the elephant in the room and just like, acknowledge it like let's let's i gotta make sure who i do that around because sometimes mm -hmm. i can offend the wrong people which i've done before and i still <laughs> cringe but if you can acknowledge if you can like say hey like this is okay like i because i think the worst thing you can do for someone is give them like i mean you can be sympathetic but giving them pity is just a whole other side that you know no one wants that yeah, I love how you approach that, Savannah. Honestly, I think that's so awesome because it is, you know, there is this side for 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 people with chronic illnesses where we don't want to, and I'm sure I've talked about this in other episodes, we don't want to burden anybody um, with what we've got going on, but we also like, yeah, we want to address things. Like I had, I was, I was on IV antibiotics for months and months and months last year, um, and pre COVID even, and I was going to the gym and that was a big thing. You know, people are like, you're not sick. You're going to the gym. I'm like, no, I'm determined. It doesn't mean I'm not sick, <laughs> you know? And I would, but I, but the first day that I went in and I had a big lump with my IV wrap, wrapped up and I went to the gym and I knew people were going to be like, Oh my God, what happened? You know? And I just kind of addressed it straight on. I was like, hi guys. 
you know, like this is what's going on. They all knew, you know, what I was going through and then it was never an issue. And I think it's, I think that's a really great thing because, you know, sometimes we do have to kind of, I don't want to say take accountability for our illness, but also like recognize that like people want to help us. They just don't necessarily know how, mm-hmm. you know, and that's a big thing in, in all kinds of grieving of like, I, it's not that I don't, you know, the people on the other side of the, of, of, of it, it's not that they don't care. They just don't know what to do. So instead, so sometimes they just do nothing you know, and then, and then it hurts the people that are grieving. So it's a whole thing. And I think, you know, that's a really good thing, a really good lesson and to share with people of like, Hey, if you're going through something and you want the support that, and you're not getting it, you know, or, you know, you, you know, that people are going to be uncomfortable, address it, address mm-hmm. it head on. So everybody can move past it. So like, great. Awesome. <laughs> well, and ex- exactly too. And I think about, you know, it's, it's not doing anybody, it's not doing the person who's going through it any favors if you act like it doesn't exist. I mean, so let's say, for example, Savannah, you walk into the classroom. I don't know, it's a snowy, it's a, there's snow or some it rain, there's some water on the ground. Your cane slips, you fall over. Are people going to deny like that you're in, like you're hurting, like and not pick you up or say, are you okay and try to help you up? No, it's stupid. Like acknowledge it. Don't be afraid to trying to say get uncomfortable with the uncomfortable and honestly but that doesn't even make it uncomfortable it makes it fine well well, but that's exactly it yeah i mean i think that's like you know the the point of it is that like if you if you put yourself in the uncomfortable just like we were talking about earlier Corey, about like taking the risk you realize that it wasn't really a big risk at all and you probably just you know made yourself crazy in your own head about it and even to a bigger extent, think about when someone passes. I mean, this is kind of a little deviation for a second here, but when someone passes, the worst thing you can do is not is avoid talking about that person to someone. We we had a, a while ago, we had a mom who, who lost a, a child. The worst thing anybody could do is to not talk about her child. But we, we said, hey, let's talk about the kid. You know, let's let's celebrate your kid. Tell us some stories about your kid. We want to get to know that person, you know, um, and that's just one way. Acknowledge it. Make it. Yeah, like you said um acknowledge the uncomfortable make it comfortable yeah it's not hurting anybody yeah you did that in such an awesome way (laughs) yeah by the way do you have a a cane with a sword in it yet i think you should get one of those that would be incredible like those like you know think of those like like the bond villains or like the old dukes in like movies (laughs) i mean don't woman oh i'm a sorcerer (laughs) surprise (laughs) yes so yeah so you're gonna start a business (laughs) i think you just had you just came out with a business idea so thinking about moving forward so now you've this has been a couple years now since your diagnosis and you have probably a better handle uh, of things i would say to an extent maybe just about how to approach it how to live your life um yeah like what what keeps you going i mean you obviously you want to you got this this desire, this, this theatrical passion, but like what, what's, what's pushing you forward? You know, I think, and this took me a long time to realize, but understanding that I'm not going to be at a hundred percent every single day. And that really, really took me aback with my Mm -hmm. diagnosis. Like some days I can't get out of bed and that's just, you know, the way it is. 
But I think one of my teachers said, you don't need to be like 100% every day, um, but, you're, but you can still be at your maximum. And your maximum is different for every day. Uh, so I think moving forward, despite whatever challenges I'm facing with my illness, realizing and you know, empathizing with um, what my maximum is for that day and doing the best I can with what I have. Um, it was super hard for me to, you know, <laughs> they're like, surprise, you have an uncurable illness, <laughs> go forth. <laughs> I'm like, okay, uh, how do we do that? And, you know, it's, it's just meeting myself where I am each day. And it's, it's frustrating to be in a body that is attacking itself because, you know, MS is like, uh, the immune system says, oh, your, your nervous system's an intruder. Then we got it. We got you. <laughs> and, you know, it attacks itself. You ever play Pokemon or know Pokemon? I, I, don't. Was, I wasn't allowed to. <laughs> I don't know much about it. <laughs> oh, there's the thing where it's like, yeah, this Pokemon hurt itself in confusion. So that's exactly what I meant. <laughs> but uh, Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so. that's a great description of it. Um, but yeah, yeah. No, I think that's really good. Um, I heard, and this is again, a little tangent, but, um, it was another podcast and the person was talking about their battle with addiction and how they always felt like they were either at a zero or a hundred. There was no ever middle ground and mm. talking about the, like learning to get past that illness, which is illness in itself is learning to exist between like 30 and 70%, which I think, I mean, can apply to a lot of, I mean, to an extent chronic illness, but I imagine but I don't want to speak for you guys, but, but yeah, totally. So, yeah. It's one of those things. I mean, I just think it kind of applies to everything in life. You know um, we are always our own like worst critics. Right. And, and, you know, mm. we get up every day and it's like, oh, I've got all these things to do. And then the end of the day comes and you've gotten one thing done. And instead of being like, I got that one thing done. We're like, I'm the worst. I didn't do all of these other things. Why do we do that to ourselves? I don't know the answer to that, but you know, it, I think this, this concept of like, okay, like that was the, what I could do for that day. And you know what, let's just go to bed and tomorrow I'll try again. And I, I feel like honestly, to me, if you're trying your best every day, and even if your best is, I got out of bed and made myself one meal today, you know, or something like that, which like, I'm like, it's like, it's, it's very similar. I feel you on so many levels with this because it, it's like, I'm really starting to just accept myself. Like, you know, like I still haven't finished making the bed Tev left on Saturday, you know, I'm still doing the laundry slowly, but surely, but you know what, who is sleeping on the bed? Nobody, the cats are sleeping on the bed. Why do I need to get that done? It's my own pressure that I'm putting on myself. So, you know, it's, I think that's um, like a really good thing to, to pull out of it. And that maybe we would, we can ease our own grief by being gentler to ourselves. Absolutely. <laughs> we work so hard to be accommodating to everyone else, but we forget to do it to ourselves. We forget to give ourselves that grace, you know, just to slow down and say, it's okay. Yeah. And that, that we've said this before in the podcast too, but yeah, it's just, it's like, it's, it's always okay. worth it's, reiterating. It's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, so I love that. Um, so Savannah, we have this thing we we ask of all our guests. We ask them to finish the sentence. It can be a single word. It can be multiple words, whatever you want. But how would you finish the sentence? 
grief is? You know, grief is a lot of things that I, I actually looked up the definition before I got on this podcast, just to, just to make sure, because sure, I saw in your description, like, mm-hmm. oh, it's, it's frustration. It's, uh, um, uh, you know, despair. Um, I think <sighs> grief is a vessel for strength, mm-hmm. I think. And I, this might be a little controversial, but I do not like the phrase, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. I don't think that's true. I think what doesn't kill you hurts and it's hard. And I think we have the capacity to make ourselves stronger. So Mm. that's what I'm saying. Grief, grief has a way of showing you really um, just how, in some way, like it just shows you how much you're capable of. That's really what the heart of it is. I mean, if, if we're never tested in life, if we're never given <clears> obstacles, <throat> we, we don't know our strength. We don't, we don't know our limits. And, and we never really, I mean, we never reach our potential, I think, in a really cynical way of saying it. Yeah. So. But yeah, so uh, we, can, we can always find you on TikTok and Instagram. What else are you doing? Are you trying to finish school right now? So what's, 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 yeah, the... what's on the horizon for you? <laughs> well, I have two weeks until I graduate and oh. I, I couldn't be more excited. Um, I am applying for jobs in Montana. I did get a job offer the other day. Um, I will be auditioning. Congratulations. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, I, and we'll be auditioning remotely for like different voiceover jobs, um, which will be exciting. I'm planning on moving to Georgia next year because the film scene there is actually pretty popping, and I'm, I'm excited about that. I, I really want to get involved with um, commercials and industrials. Sure. I feel like I, I have a good energy <laughs> for that, but we'll see, you know? Life, life is a highway, and in, in the world of rascal flats, we'll if see. If we see you in a commercial, <laughs> we'll see you in a commercial for Coca Cola one day. Be like, oh my god, we know her. She was on our podcast, right? <laughs> so, your spirit is is amazing, and um, I'm really excited for you. I mean, you're like you're in this stepping into a huge new chapter. You know, like the big real 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 world after college. And I think you're going to do really well. Thank you so much. With that cane, you're going to tap dance your way into it, you know, so. That's one of the jokes we always make. Like, I'm ready for a tap number at any moment with that cane. I love it. Well, Savannah, thank you so much for being on the show today. It's, it's always great to see you. It's great to have a conversation with you finally. Um, thank you so much for being here. Yes, thanks for having me. And uh, everyone else, thanks for tuning in today. And we will talk to you later. Bye, everybody.